part i play in that is wow hey i kind of I, can you remember that what you just did <laughs> yeah yeah is that your guitar that's supposed to be your guitar yes. okay. i didn't even use my guitar actually no. <laughs> now he tells me yeah now yeah. he tells me i didn't realize i like that part. i like that part i think maybe you want to redo that double it Ah, pan it. Double it, pan it. We got it, baby. <laughs> hey, welcome to Outside the Mic, episode two, Dose. That's right. I'm Jarrett Weimer. I'm Martin Meyer. This is fun. The first episode really took off. I feel like it's doing good. It's really exciting. Yeah. We've got a lot of good feedback. Um, yeah. I think Love the it. only people listening to it is our family and friends. But <laughs> It really took off. Well, <laughs> for us, you know, hey, it exceeded my expectations. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things when we like we put it out there, you know, you birthed it. And now it's like, I have to grow this thing. Now I have to take care of it. See it off to college. It's like a little baby. Oh, that's so cute. I want to just snuggle it for a while and put it to sleep. What about that? No. Then we got to. Oh, I guess it has to grow up eventually, doesn't it? And then they leave home. Oh my gosh. I'm going through that now. No, really, the only thing, uh, suspense for us a little bit with this right now, going in, Jarrett and I knew we were having fun, so we hoped that would translate, and and I think it did from the feedback that we got doing this, but we're still waiting to hear from iTunes Store for the Apple Podcast, see if we get proof for Apple Podcast, right? right? No. Right. So we're counting on that. I send them an email back the other day, and I'm like, how long is this supposed to take? Because it's been like two weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So, but yeah, we're the, the scary part, the fun part was we had some good response. The scary part was like, okay, boys, now you have to keep doing this. And right. yeah, that's, that's a good thing, but it's also, uh, you gotta, you know, we're going to take it seriously now and really, really start researching, huh? Right. Might have- <laughs> I think, and for me, it's helped me, my schedule, time management a little bit. It's been, it's been good that way. Cause I know I've got to get this done. I've got to research. I've got to get the next story. So it's been really yeah. good to say we have a deadline, you right know, on. two weeks from now, we've got to be putting out the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's been good. It's been good for me. Very motivating. I feel the fire is lit for sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to get, uh, because the plan was to be bi-weekly, right? Yeah. We're going to, a lot of people, There's obviously you listen to podcasts. If you've heard this, you probably already know. Some people do them. Some people are so ambitious. They do them every day. Some people do them weekly. Some people only do them monthly. Mm -hmm. We're starting out bi-weekly and we'll just see. Yeah. And that could change. We could get excited and do it every week or, you know, just release some seasons at a time and we'll see how that goes. But I think bi-weekly is working out pretty good. So yeah, let, let us know what you think as we move down the line. Um, we're working on this first season. If if you like the flow of things, we'd we'd appreciate that. I got a little surprise here for you. It's a present <laughs> I got for you. Here you go. Oh there. no! <laughs> Get that, dude. I'm serious. Here, Jared, He's trying to hand it. me a Hold black it. widow that he killed earlier in a little jar. <laughs> and I tell you what, you ever see a six foot two man run down a hallway? 
I was hoping he'd scream again because he screamed like a little girl. It I was did pretty. Not. It was. It wasn't a little girl. Do that well, like, like a, a mid-sized girl. It'd be like a little girl who's really tall. No, not a little girl. It's a very large, kind of a you know masculine girl. Yeah, we're gonna look into even more what the symbolism is and the spiritual aspect of having a black widow because we actually I don't know why are you so obsessed with knowing more about this black widow because you don't see him every day do you I mean earlier earlier he says you know you know what they're saying online they're saying you know if you're if you're battling with an opposition of uh, the same sex and you have to overcome the dominant I'm like Dude, it's a we killed a spider. Okay. No, no, no. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot overlook the significance of that in your life because you just don't meet a black widow spider uh, okay, every day. Marty. But you're not. You don't want to keep that then. I'll, no. I'll keep it for you. No, you take that home. I'll keep it for you and put it under your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Later on, I'll never sleep again. That's fine. Uh, but that was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about getting your adrenaline going you don't you really don't see black widow spiders a lot and they're apparently they're not super aggressive because it just kind of sat there and, and the jared said it's looking at me right on the studio door it just would not <laughs> yeah. move and yeah. i wasn't about to enter i was i was just debating just to leave honestly <laughs> it just i think it was more of a sign that today just wasn't the day but yeah we took care of it put it in a jar that so we talked about doing uh, if you were a, a listener from our first episode, you know that we talked about perhaps in the future doing some B-sides research, investigate into some B-sides. And if you don't know what B-sides are, we're referring to the other side of a 45 RPM record. Mm-hmm. And there was an A-side and there was a B-side. Originally, it was, I've been, I did a little bit of research myself Oftentimes, I think it evolved into the A-side was supposed to be the song that they were really going to promote. It was supposed to go along with the record company promotion, like this is a song we want to be a hit. Sometimes the song on the other side, it might, it may have been something that wasn't on the actual full album, or it may have been an instrumental version of a song, or later on when they realized, hey, we're going to be selling these because you can't sell one without the other, obviously. Right. One's on one side, one's on the other. They started doing what was called a double A. So they were like, no, both these songs are going to be hit. We're going to we're gonna promote them both hmm. equally. So there was actually... See, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's pretty that cool? cool. And it's really cool to kind of see it full circle. In today's world, CDs are obsolete. Now everything is, is uh, streaming, digital download... Uh, gone are the days of albums. Yeah. But vinyl is now making a return. You know, the kids are thinking that's super yeah. cool. And it's working out great for me because my love is the is the early 50s, 60s, 70s country rock, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you can find vinyl all over. Uh, you know, I love Johnny Cash. Boom. That was my first uh, take on, on guitar was listening to Johnny Cash. Right on. It was actually on a cassette tape, which also obsolete but yeah. uh, it's just been cool to see it come full circle and, and yeah. kids my age kids young adults my age <laughs> you're a kid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my age you know it's behave <laughs> <laughs> whatever sorry but come full circle yeah. and now they're yeah. back again and yeah. it's just cool to see because there's a certain art I feel like there's a certain care that goes along with vinyl yeah that you don't see that we're kind of losing with Mm-hmm. digital streaming that yeah. being said like the lyrics yeah the disc what's it called disco 
discography. How what's it called? The the information on where they recorded. Where yeah, I was did with the you studio. until there, <laughs> then you lost me. <laughs> discography. Whatever. Maybe it is. Is there a term? Well, and sound wise for audio files, um, I've realized. Well, I didn't realize it right away, but I started realizing because CDs were supposed to be this big revolutionary breakthrough better than going from bigger than going from mono to stereo well and then we found out cds were and they were supposed to be indestructible and then cds actually get damaged and are unusable sometimes more than an lp used to be absolutely because you'd get a scratch and you'd maybe hear that little thumping sound but it was still playable and some cds don't do that so i'm glad to see it's coming back because we've gone to that point too where everything's so compressed yeah people are using earbuds listening to mp3s Sometimes not even in stereo anymore, too, right. where you just have a Bluetooth that's not a stereo speaker. I think people want that warmth and that quality and that stereo sound. Absolutely. Again. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it as a music lover, just hearing things as raw as you can get it. And I think vinyl vinyl's the way. I mean, we're not recording on two-inch tape anymore, but Mm-mm. I think vinyl still lends yeah. a closer listen to what it might have sounded in the studio. And I think they might even be, in my research, I wasn't able to nail that completely, but it sounds like not just albums, but maybe they will be releasing some 45s too. And if you look at it, if you go all the way back to the original RCA 45, it looks like a CD. Um, Obviously, they don't have as much, you're not going to have as much recording time with it, but they're compact and they were they used to do them color-coded. They looked really cool. It looked like something you would see today and you would want to pick up because it's pretty compact, actually, as Sweet. well. So Sweet. I got a little thing. I just want to play part of it. Uh, I thought this was entertaining because uh, RCA did a demo to promote their 45 RPM record when it first came out. And I just want to play a little of that because it's kind of fun. I love listening to retro <laughs> Did this recordings. come this come from your personal collection or was this actually... Yeah. Was it the dark web again? No, I oh. wish it was, Mike. Can you want this to be worth if this was in my personal collection? <laughs> Here's another tidbit of info before I do this for 45s. I can't think of the guy's name. It's on here. Well, I'll have to. It's on my computer tabbed somewhere. But uh, there was a gentleman that paid $10,000, upwards of $10,000 for a 45. Holy cow. On eBay. It was the oh i wish i could remember the guy's name i'm definitely gonna have to look this up here and then and then tell you who he was but i was watching that country music thing on on pbs and it's one Mm -hmm. of those guys who was an early blues guy there wasn't a lot of these printed and there's only it's thought that this is the only one left in existence wow and he paid he thinks he got a steal and he paid ten thousand plus listen i go to the record (laughs) store if anything's over five bucks forget about it okay You're the, the audience they're looking for when they sell their 45s for a dollar each. That's me. That's what they mm-hmm. used to be. Okay, let's listen to this quick. Isn't that sweet? You can hear the little crackle. Yeah. You're listening to the Sleeping Beauty, Tchaikovsky's beautiful ballet music, on the new distortion-free RCA Victor 45 Toscanini hailed them as remarkably faithful and a significant advance. Listen, compare, and you too will agree that RCA Victor's 45 RPM record I agree. is the finest and best ever made. Finest you're hearing is best made of pure vinyl light. What a salesman, isn't that? I think I heard this guy's voice before. Like the convenient size, you can put it in your backpack. <laughs> 
strap it on the back of your horse and take off riding together. Wasn't that the dude, like the war promoter, and Hitler at the front lines, <laughs> and we're going to go in there and we're going to attack him. But isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really cool. I love that stuff. Wow. I love that stuff. So on with B-sides. On with the B-sides. <laughs> Onward B-sides. We decided to do a bit of uh, research because occasionally, if it wasn't a double promotion, double A-side, and the B-side wasn't something that they were promoting right away. One of the stories is that a DJ turned it over and played the other side, and that became a hit. Right. There's actually a list, too, of artists, and it's Elvis, as you can imagine, Elvis and the Beatles are near the top, for people <laughs> who had hits from both sides. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And just, well, yeah, I imagine so. Beatles, yeah. for sure. Didn't we, we look that up, and wasn't it Revolution? Yes. Right? And uh, Hey Jude. Hey Jude was the A side. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. So how can you go wrong? It's it's Elvis. It's the Beatles. <laughs> There's the list. We'll do the other ones. But we were looking for something a little more obscure, and one of them that we found was interesting was uh, the Rolling Stones, and it was what was on the B side, Jerry. Oh. <laughs> I gotta ask you a question. Well, no, I I remember I remember. I remember we we talked about this. The A side wasn't it honky tonk women? Yes. 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 And mm-hmm. the B side to that, I, you can't always get what you want. Yes. And apparently, yeah, that's it. in the lyrics to the song, I guess it's the third verse. There is a reference to Mr. Jimmy. Mr. Jimmy. Mr. Jimmy. Uh, it could be a reference to Jimmy Miller, who was a Stones producer at the time, or it may have been a reference to Jimmy. Hutmaker, who's a local character that wandered the business district in Excelsior, Minnesota. So that's, I guess, a trendy little artist community. Have you been in Excelsior, Minnesota? No, I have not. I was about to ask you the same thing. Where no. is that? Well, maybe I have and I wasn't aware of it because you get the suburbs yeah. and you're driving around and you're not sure. But the ones I was more familiar with are like Blooming, Bloomington, mm-hmm. Um that's what's Hennepin is the street. That's a major street in Minnesota. We apologize, people from <laughs> Minneapolis, for yeah. not knowing about this. We will come visit you. We will. We absolutely will. So, well, anyway, they were there. And oh, it's kind of beautiful, actually. Is Good it? for you, Excelsior. You got a, the whole here. Look at this. They've got like a little, I don't know, what do you call that? Oh, that's like an arch or yeah. a port of Excelsior yeah. Arch. Because wow. you're by the lake. That's pretty cool. Well, when they say outside Minneapolis, is it actually not a suburb then? Is it actually... Well, it looks like it's it's right by the lake. Okay. Mill Street. Okay, that seems to be... And then, yeah, you're right by the lake. Whichever... Probably one of the Great Lakes, maybe. Sure. Is that what... No, 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 it's not. Lower Lake. (laughs) Hey, now listen. I went to Hot Springs High School, okay? There's no... Outside the mic is not a geography (laughs) lesson. Carry on. Just carry on. (laughs) Let's make sure we're aware of that. Well, apparently Jim, Mr. Jimmy was one of those special people and he walked around and they, they looked out for him, the shop owners, uh, and he died in October 3rd, 2007. So, wow, that's fairly recent when yeah. you think about this, because this happened back in like 64. Wow. So their first tour and Mr. Jagger went to a local drugstore to get a cherry Coke. And back then, cherry Coke was a Coke with real cherries in it. Mm. And the drugstore fountains were typically the place where you would find them i could go for a cherry coke right now that sounds kind of good that does sound good actual actual cherry floating in there Mm -hmm. we used to get 
And it was in Miller, South Dakota when I was, my grandma lived over by Polo and we'd go to Miller and go to the drugstore and you would get a, a soda, which was actually the syrup and then the, mm. the water that they would do. So it was like a, a pop, which we called them, but it was more for all you Midwesterns out. It's yeah. Pop. pop. Let's, Don't let the outside world fool you. It's pop. We're going to do a survey. And if you can do this on our comment or whatever, you tell us if you call it soda, cola, or pop. People, when I went to California, they called, no matter what flavor it was, they were like, get me a Coke. Really? And I'm like, well, what do you want? Yeah, I want a root beer. But, well, then why'd you call it a Coke? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Please clarify. Yeah, or get me a cola. Your pop of choice. Your pop of choice. But they were handcrafted back in those days. Preference but, of pop. Apparently, the store didn't have cherry Cokes. And so Mr. Jimmy, who was standing in line behind Jagger, commented, well... You can't always get what you want. I don't know if that Did he say it like that? I'm not sure what that They're was, in Minnesota but, now. Come yeah. on, try again. Yeah, how, it should have been more like that. You can't always get what you want, hey? <laughs> no, that's Canadian. Good Lord. Minnesota, we're so sorry. Please gonna, don't leave us. We're going to We'll work do better next time. <laughs> we'll work on this. So Mr. Jimmy was at the Stones' next show in Minneapolis. Legend has it that Jagger sent a limo to pick him up, but it was more likely that a local businessman worked it out so he could go. Wow. There you go. That's cool. That is pretty I cool. I like to believe the legend. I do too. I like stories like that. That's cool. I you, believe in legends. Use your power for good. <laughs> and not not good. Use it the and go against the dark side. Right. The force. Right. There the force go. of not good. Of not good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the opposite of the force, the good force. Right. So there was another fun little thing, a little trinket along with that. Apparently, the chorus of children that you hear in the beginning of I can't, You Can't Always Get What You Want is the London Bach Choir. Hmm. So it was 60 voices. They were children wow. in the London Bach, Bach Choir. 60 voices, which they double-tracked to make it sound like even more. But here's the funny oh, part. Yeah. They wanted their name removed from the album when they found out it was called Let It Bleed and oh. contained Midnight Rambler, a song about a serial killer. But, Come on, that's real world problems. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Midnight Rambler. We've all got a Midnight Rambler somewhere. <laughs> Excelsior, how you doing, Midnight Midnight Rambler out there? Yeah, there we go. I mean, they <laughs> left it on there anyway. I'm apparently. Huh. I guess their name is maybe. Still I mean, on there, maybe so. they didn't know how big it was gonna be, so they they didn't want it. I guess. You know, they just didn't want it to shed a, a bad light on them because because they're a happy choir of children. You Get what you want. We're so sorry. Okay. That was, <laughs> that was lovely. Absolutely. So there we go. That's our very cool. first B side. If you didn't know, now you do. Because you heard it here. If on you don't know, now you know. Outside the mic. That's right. Okay, I've got the uh, the story for this episode for today. Do I get to guess again, Jared? Um, maybe you can kind of guess on this first little line. I'll try to let me try to word it so that you can. Here we go. Ready? <clears throat> okay. okay. Did I tell you though? I mm-hmm. accidentally killed my my fake plants. <laughs> I, I forgot to pretend to water them. <laughs> uh, uh, we need to get that recording in here. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We, where's our sound <laughs> effects? Holy cow! Take a note. Take a note. Okay. Make a Let's note. Let's go for it. But I'm doing your bits. Thank you. All right. So the artist that we're doing today, um, total well-deserved legend, 18 Grammy-nominated winner, fabulous lyricist, and a cornerstone in American folk music. Can you guess? How many Grammys? Uh, 18. 
18 Grammys. So we're going back again. This isn't this isn't somebody super recent. Billy Eilish has got nothing on him <laughs> or her. Whoops. Almost gave it away. Yeah, it's really sad to admit. I'm not really even sure who that is. But uh, <laughs> so that's the interesting part when you think about it. Recent in music to me almost seems like that. I don't know. Twenty years still seems kind of recent. But boy, if you were hit the scene twenty years ago and you won eighteen Grammys, I that would be somebody I would obviously have let, to know. Let this me give you a hint. To, okay, Ready? give me a hint. You can't always okay. get what you want. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. Gee <laughs> whiz, Jared. I'm not sure that helps me. That sounds like a Jewish butcher shop. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, it, but <laughs> so an old Jewish Come man, Martin, singing. This is okay, terrible. I got it. I think I think I know who it sounds like. <laughs> but it didn't sound anything like him the first time. Are you talking about? <laughs> Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm a big fan. Lord, I can't breathe. <laughs> you can't always get what you, you listen can't here. Always. Sonny, get off my sidewalk and you can't always get what you want. Is that how it goes? That sounded like you right there. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I tried. That was good. So, yeah, Keep we're going to talk about those. Bob Dylan today. Wow. And he's won 18 Grammys. 18 Grammys. And what else nice did you say about him? Fabulous lyricist, which I thought you would like since you like I'm a fabulous. <laughs> fabulous lyricist. <laughs> fabulous lyricist. I'm a fabulous lyricist. I'm a fan of the lyric. Yes, I am a fan of the lyric, for yep. sure. Every time we co-write, it's got to be just perfect. Where I'm like, no, that'll work. Let's go. Move on. Yeah, you know, that's probably the thing. I I'm, I'm tend to be a little bit more of an editor sometimes. and mm-hmm. It's healthy, though. It's good. It is. There's we we balance about... each other out because I'm more of like... Hey, it fits. Let's move on. Let's go to the next thing. Whereas you're like, no, it could be better. So it you, works. You learn from that though, because you realize, well, Ed, the more you do it, you realize, okay, I'm only going to take a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and then it's going to be done. You got to, right. as a songwriter, you got to get to that point where you go, okay, this is done. Leave it alone. Oh yeah. And um, if you're a perfectionist and a songwriter, yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> you might as well hang it up, up, baby. You're done. Okay. We're so encouraging. No, if you're a songwriter, <laughs> keep writing it. Kids. Yeah. Write songs. Finish the song. Okay, Mr. Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm excited to do this one. Um, it's a little off the beaten path for what uh, our plan is for outside the mic, but it, I mean, it does line up. However, this so. story does kind of, it does correlate with his music a bit. Um, and it's, it it's, is it, it's outside of what we're doing, so it's outside of outside the Let's mic. Let's just say he went outside, but then he came back in. Okay. <laughs> like it was too cold, so he came back in. That's what happened. All right, we'll say that. Okay, outside, so. Outside the mic. So the story we're talking about today does correlate with his music, um, and it even leads to some of the great songs that Dylan wrote. Um, it was a time in his life that I believe was a turning point in his music because he did take such an extensive break, huh. and that's kind of the how the story goes. So a sabbatical. He did. Yep. A sabbatical. I didn't On know that. July 29th, nineteen sixty-six. Wow, Dylan, you, were, you weren't even born. I wasn't even oh, a thing. Oh, My wow. mom wasn't even born. Uh, Sixty-nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I won't say whether I'm born or not. You don't need to know how old I am right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Get, carry on. Yeah, um, carry on. Dylan was enjoying a beautiful, nice motorcycle ride near his home in Woodstock, New York. You're okay. picking your nose. Oh, no. no, I'm not. I'm itching it. <laughs> when an unfortunate, unforeseen circumstance result, resulted in him being thrown from his motorcycle. 
Later, okay. Dylan explained that he had broke several several vertebrae in his neck. Huh. However, the mystery wow. of the accident is there is no record of an ambulance being called, and Dylan never visited the hospital. Was never hospitalized. What? You, you would think broken vertebrae in the neck. Yeah. I mean, that could lead to paralysis or serious nerve damage and all that stuff. I, I have a just a glimpse of a memory of hearing this, but certainly really? don't know the details. And I didn't. I'm I, sure. I mean, he was, wow. he, was pre- he was pretty successful. I mean, it, it even talked in the article that I read that he was at that point feeling the overwhelm, uh, the, the overwhelmingness of his career. Um, sure. Which just kind of helped out. So... <clears throat> Let's see. So that would have been at a point where he was, oh yeah, he was already, he had hit it big by mm-hmm. 66 and could have been. So maybe, apparently he had money too, so he could probably hire yeah, you know, friends this or hire all, a nurse or something. Yeah. So yeah. If you're, maybe if you're a legend at that point, you're going to have a, a house doctor. Yeah. <laughs> what are those guys called? Is there a name for a house doctor? They're called house doctors. Okay, you get a house doctor. <laughs> house call? They make a house call? Doctor, my... Uh... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> my neck. I oh. fell off my bicycle. I tell you, I was on the motorcycle <laughs> and I hiked my neck. Okay, that sounds better. Here we go. Okay. So, <clears throat> so uh, being that he had these serious injuries, it left him feeling... Uh, he was unable to perform, resulting in a lengthy absence from the spotlight. It is speculated that Dylan used this as a way to get out of the pressures of his career, like we talked about before. Huh. He did confirm this in a later autobiography, stating, "I had been in, I had been in a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had been in a motorcycle accident and I'd been hurt, but I recovered. Truth was that I wanted to get out of the rat race. I woke up and I was an old Jewish man. <laughs> is he Jewish? I don't even know. If he's Jewish. Okay, go ahead. His sabbatical lasted eight. Years. No. Eight years out of his career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sabbatical. He must have been doing so. I can't imagine Bob Dylan with well, his creative juices saying, I can't do anything. He's got to be doing something. Aside from a few appearances, he did not tour for that entire time. Wow. So, <laughs> so we, we, not that that's funny, but you got to understand, this is a, uh, we're having, we're going to have outtakes of outside the mic at some point in time, because we had something happen just now where one of the mics went dead, and now we're back up and running again, obviously, but we, there was an edit there in case you didn't notice, but we had to start it about three times. So now we're wondering what's going on. We had a Black Widow spider this morning, and then we had the mic. I think it's all... It all started with the spider, Marty. It did. You should never have brought that in the studio. Well, it was, there was a reason why it was on the door. It was saying, don't come in, don't do this today. We should have listened to him, but yet we killed him. I told you not to kill him. <laughs> you told me not to kill him. I think it's a good omen, and I'm going to look up the uh-huh. good omen side of, yeah. of Black Widow spiders. Black Widow. Most dangerous it's, spider. It's, it's about comedy and humor. Hmm. And people dying. I don't see the humor in that. Okay, so eight <laughs> eight years. Yeah. Okay. So his sabbatical lasted, like I said, eight years. Yeah. Uh, with a, Besides a few appearances, he, he didn't tour that entire time. <clears throat> Can so, you imagine? I just don't see Bob just sitting there going, oh, hanging out the whole like, time. He's, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is where we really start to see Dylan outside of the mic. All right. Would you like what I did there? All right. Yeah. Once he was well enough, uh, Boy, to, to, and he was back on his feet, uh, he, he did get back to work, 
And But he took a new avenue on his creative journey, and he began some film work and editing. Editing just random films? He went nope. and signed up at Paramount and said, can I edit films? So a um, filmmaker at the time named D.A. Pen- Pennybakers. Pennybakers? I'm terrible with last oh, name. good old D.A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know. Sure do. Yeah. Um, He did some film work and editing for a documentary of his tour in 1966. So let's back up. D.A. Pennebaker Mm -hmm. was a filmmaker. Wait, who? I just found out. I hope you're saying that right. Pennebaker? I know. Well, fact check it later. Later. Okay, here we go. Um, He recently died in August of this year. Oh, Pennebaker did? Yeah, Pennebaker did. Wow. Crazy. Um, Which, he's actually a pretty cool guy. Let me tell you more about it. (laughs) Let me just get to the next I, part, Marty. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll reserve my opinion <laughs> since I don't know much about him right now. But Okay. Uh, cool. but yeah, Penny Maker. Penny Baker. There we go. Penny Baker. You DAP. Yo, DAP. Yeah, DAP. <laughs> okay, so uh, Penny Baker, he was a film filmmaker from Illinois, and he can be accredited as a pioneer uh, for the style of documentary uh, that so, they call direct cinema. Have oh, you ever heard of so, direct cinema? No, but I didn't know that Pennebaker was a filmmaker. <laughs> Stop it. Did he carry a shaker? I'm going to make no, you sorry. read this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pennebaker no. the filmmaker. What was the question? Um, do you know what a direct cinema is? I have no idea. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay. I did some research. Thank I you. I did some digging. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at that. Yeah. You, you must have learned that from somebody. I don't know who. <laughs> and so direct cinema was a, was or is a style of uh, a documentary that directly captures reality and its truth through the use of cinema. Now called reality TV. Wow. You might have a point. <laughs> Maybe it is. That's what it was called back then. And now that's all you mm. see, man. Everything is direct cinema. Yeah. Yeah, it YouTube. is. YouTube. Yeah, you've got a point. Wow. We'll have to. Yeah, I've, I've been known to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've known to be pointy? Yeah, so it's a pretty dull point sometimes, yeah. but I'll make it anyway. Go ahead. So he, he teamed up with uh, Penna Baker here mm-hmm. um, and started working on this this documentary for his tour in 1966. Mm-hmm. And so after reading this, I thought, I thought it was super appropriate that these two work together. Um, you know, if you think about. Dylan's style of writing and his his genre, mm-hmm. having something where it kind of tapped into the reality of things, uh-huh. maybe even the reality of his tour, which I haven't seen this documentary. Um, I I don't know if I have. I saw a documentary that was very lengthy, and I bet if it wasn't specifically this one, it had maybe parts from this, right. you know, clips from this. So right. go ahead. So he, eight years, I'll let you go, but eight years. He was the, he wasn't editing this thing the whole time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I doubt, I doubt it because yeah. you know the article then went said once he was better, once he was well enough, then he got back to work, but okay. not doing music. He was kind of focusing on this okay. on this film. And what else? Um, and I just thought it was super cool, just the correlation between you know this direct cinema, which is this you know embracing the reality of whatever you're filming using mm-hmm. cinema, mm-hmm. and his lyrics are so rootsy, they're so raw. You know, even his genre, you know, even his yeah. singing. He's not credited as the best singer in the world, but no. his lyrics are amazing. And I think just the combination of the story, that the, rough, rooted yeah. sound he created, it kind of cohered nicely with, with the document. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. That's, a, that's an interesting point there, yeah. Jared. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yes, I, I, I respect my own horn, but I did <laughs> Your a great opinion, job. yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, a rough edit of the documentary was shown to ABC Television, but was ultimately rejected because they felt it wasn't appropriate for a mainstream audience, which... What? I get probably because it was probably edgy. Raw. It was reality. They hmm. probably showed the reality, you know, and that probably they didn't want ABC. You know, I know ABC now. They that's they've yeah. got a lot of family oriented shows. Maybe back then it was the same deal. They didn't want this raw, edgy. I don't know if it, it was that way. I'm just kind of well. TV. When you think about the evolution of it. And I, I remember it blew my mind, like when they had couples in sitcoms mm-hmm. and they had to sleep in separate beds. Oh, like remember the that? Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They actually, that's how protective they were. That's how wow. censored they were in early TV. So I guess this was still coming on the heels now, of that. Now through that era, did they stuff. actually sleep in separate beds? Married, married mm, I don't think so. You don't think no, so? No, not anybody I knew. Huh. Uh, it was, I always thought it was odd. Even as a kid, I'm watching them like, what? They've got... Their own bed. I mean, sure, Little some couples probably do because they can't sleep well because somebody's snoring or, yeah. you know, moving around all the time. But yeah. no, it was that was because they didn't want to have allude to the fact that they might be in bed together. Oh, uh, that's what married I married cup. Don't you dare. Kind of crazy, mm. huh? Okay. Well, that's that a little too too bad. too taboo. Yeah, it's exactly. a little too direct cinema for us. Ah, uh, that's what I'm. That's talking breaching about. the mm-hmm. fantasy reality of cinema. We don't <clears throat> we don't like that here at ABC Television. Thank uh, you very much. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, what so from what I understand from what I read, the the film didn't really go anywhere. Um, it did go on to being screened at a few film festivals, okay. but, but never super success, which I'm sure maybe it's different now. Maybe hmm. you can view it now and it's maybe a little more insight. Cause I feel like now we're in the era of we oh, want yeah. to see the, the down and dirty. We want to see the behind yeah. the scenes of stuff. Yeah. So did it not get root? Say we definitely need to do some fact checking on this one. Yeah. Cause you would think all that work would be included in something about Bob or in a different documentary or in a video. Music yeah. video or something. And I noticed here, I'm looking at my notes, I don't even have the title of the film. Oh, so we'll way, definitely way go. fact check this Jeez, later. But I, I don't know if we should just stop right now because of that. Listen. <laughs> you take you and your spider out of here. Continue on. Me and Esmeralda will just be sitting here listening. <laughs> you named the spider <laughs> yeah. Esmeralda? I told you that early. See, you weren't paying attention because you don't love her. I, I don't. You're right. Because if she would have to bite me, I'd be dead. Stop. Okay. Did you hear that? He's opening it up. <laughs> Is it, now your mic's going to go dead again. No, no. That would be scary. It looks like a spider web kind of. Oh, gosh. Okay, continue so, on, please. So the eight-year span of his life did end up circling back to furthering his success in music. He went on to write and record hits like This Wheels on Fire, which was written for Julie Driscoll and the Brian Auger Trinity. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Me neither. I tried to say that like I knew who they were. Don't mm-hmm. know. Sorry, um, I apologize if your family are related to Julie. Or yeah, something, so. we love Julie now. We did. Uh, but what I thought was really cool for me, as on a personal note, uh, the band that I'm in, we we play this song. It's hmm. a bird song, or, but written by Dylan. You ain't going nowhere. How's that one go again? Um, ooh, we ride me high. Tomorrow's the day the bride's gonna come. come. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. I think the words are great. I didn't know it was called You Ain't Going Nowhere. Yeah, and I feel like I did hear somewhere that that song was written at a time where, like, he was in a tough spot or he had broken his leg or he did... He was not... Mm -hmm. He was was unwell and he basically like, ooh, you you ain't going nowhere, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I might have just 
come up, you know. But I feel like I remember hearing something like Can that. you imagine the if there was an actual number? Well, it's kind of silly to think of it in that way, but I, that's the way my brain works. I'm just thinking about how many times people have listened to a song and just loved the song, thought it was one of their favorite songs, and didn't realize that Bob Dylan wrote that song. Yeah. Because there's a lot of those. He's actually. written so many songs for, for yeah. people that he might not even released or maybe released later just because mm-hmm. he wrote it. But uh, like this song, You Ain't Going Nowhere, everybody knows it as a bird song. Yeah, yeah. And that song Wagon Wheel that the old Crow Medicine show does. Uh, yeah. Darius Rucker just did it. Yeah. Uh, that's a Dylan. Or that's a, a Dylan. Written with Dylan, I think. The Yeah. Wow. And what's the one that Adele just did? <clears throat> not just did, but in the last few years. And I found out it was a Bob Dylan song. When the rain is flowing in your face. I will offer you a warm brace. Make, make, make you, you feel, feel my love. love. Oh, yes. The whole thing. He wrote that, too. Oh. I was like, wow. And if you heard his version of it, it's pretty, pretty good, too. I think uh, I think I need to listen to that again. Yeah, because there was some. Um, I did check it out when I found out that he had written that song, and yeah, it was. It was. I mean, what a powerful lyric! Oh Once again, gosh. there you go, Bob. Way yeah. to go, Bob! Amazing. Make me cry. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, that's the story. So it, I mean, ultimately, this break did lead back to his career in music, and it did, and you know, things that he did within that time. It wasn't a total outside the mic perspective, but the things that he did do, and it were correlating with his music but it was a different avenue he did run down a rabbit hole with this film for a little bit you wow. know and i thought that was really cool wow to know that you know he kind of i don't know i wonder how long he was in pain because that seemed like that would hurt doesn't it, it my take on it is is he wanted out of the spotlight a little bit he wanted so he like he said out of the rat race yeah so maybe i don't i don't know you huh. know wow this how it really turned out, you know, and who's who's to know, but people that were there, I feel like maybe he just wanted to get away from it. You know, so I'm sure in the spotlight like that, it sure. gets old. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plays on your mental state a little bit. and Yeah. At least but he certainly it. came back and yeah. obviously fully immersed himself into his career again. And too, st- so. Still doing stuff to this day, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. When you think he's out of the scene, then all of a sudden you hear his name pop up again and... They, he did a song for that movie Fabulous Baker Boys. That was that's been a while now though too, and uh, that's what like I was saying. The twenty years seems recent. Can't think of the song. We'll check that one later. But it's a really cool song, and it was a hit for him. Too. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's awesome. And I think there's even artists today where um, that wasn't people like Ed Sheeran who who have code wrote for or who have written for other artists that you're like oh, I love this song, and you didn't know it was by him. Right. You don't know it's by Dylan, and I think that's. Right. That's probably one of the, the coolest things is to be able yeah. to write to a different style or uh, appeal to a different genre. Yeah. Like Make You Feel My Love with Adele. Yeah. She did an amazing job, took yeah. the song to higher level. Yeah. But yet, Dylan Imagine wrote. the royalties rolling in from that baby then. Oh my too. gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of nice. Cool. Well, that's a wrap on that story. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, well, you ain't going nowhere. Up again, Jared. Yeah. Once again, don't forget, check us out on SoundCloud. Subscribe, leave a comment. We will give you a shout out. And also look for it on the Apple Podcast Store. We are confident it's going to be there. We're going to keep looking for it. You do the same. This was Outside the Mic. Thank you. Thank you.